This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome to your Wednesday rush hour. James Golden, both certainly with you here on 77 WABC. I'm assuming that we are going to use our regular phone numbers. A Gen 800-848-WABC is the number to call. 800-848-9222. Yesterday the phones were being serviced. So we had to give you an alternative number to reach us. Today, everything is sort of back to normal. It's kind of like if you were flying this morning. You get to the airport. You know how that is. You want to get that early flight so you can get there and actually have some of your days. So you get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Your bags are already packed from the night before. You didn't sleep. You rush to the airport. And what happens? You think you're going to be boarding your plane maybe at 5.30, 5.45. It's going to be an on-time liftoff at 6 o'clock in the morning, 3, 4, 5 hours later, you'll be at your destination. But no, you just sat and sat and sat and sat because the government. That's all you have to say. Stop there. <laughs> The government canceled your flight this morning. And it makes you wonder. You know, we just talked yesterday about Pete, uh, Pete uh, Buttigieg, who flew privately. This guy took a government jet so that he could be interviewed by the Breakfast Club and attend an ACLU meeting. You wonder if he was going anywhere this morning, whether our dearly beloved transportation secretary got stuck or whether they just stuck you again okay so much to talk about in the news uh we are going to have with us the president of the heritage foundation dr kevin robertson he is a remarkable guy heritage is a wonderful remarkable organization that has been reborn and they are now a much more activist organization and so we have promised to, at least every two or three weeks, get a hold of Dr. Roberts to see what Heritage is up to. Of course, this week we'll want to ask him about the House Republicans and what they expect, what kind of legislation they expect, and how Heritage can get behind uh, the, the agenda if they think it's correct, and what we can do to get behind Heritage and so forth. So we'll look to hear from Dr. Roberts in a bit. Uh, the president of Mexico... Andres Manuel López Obrador has thanked our president, Joe Biden. He said, Mr. President Biden, you, President Biden, you are the first president 
of the Estados Unidos in a very long time that has not built not even one meter of wall. And we thank you for that, sir. Although some might not like it, although conservatives don't like it, we thank you. You are the first president in ages that hasn't built not one meter of wall. He's wrong. He's wrong. Here's the headline to prove that he's wrong. Biden builds taxpayer-funded wall around Delaware Beach House despite opposing border barriers. So you see... He's, he's also built part of the Mexican wall. He's, I know, but you're messing up the story. Because the story was about irony. I know he's built some of the Mexican wall. But, but, but we're not supposed to notice that. He was just trying to fix something that, 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 that the Republicans goofed up. We're talking about the Rehoboth wall. Did you know about the Rehoboth wall, Scott? Is that that's what goes around his Delaware beach house? That's right. Yes, I did know about that. Okay. 490,000, almost a half a million dollars of your money to build a wall around Joe Biden's beach house. Because he doesn't want you peasants, you people, you insurrectionists, you MAGA types walking anywhere where he can see you from inside his beach house. Stay out. Don't come near. The wall around Biden's house, by the way, I mean, Scott, how long do you think it would take you to build a wall around your house? If you hired a contractor, you said, hey, come on, I want to wall myself off from the peasants. Here? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, wherever you are. Wherever I would you say, are. I, I don't know, probably a couple of weeks, probably maybe a month. A couple of weeks. Okay. You know how long it's going to take them to finish Joe Biden's wall? A uh, day? <laughs> Till September. Oh. <laughs> September. Maybe DeSantis needs to send him some uh, workers. <laughs> <laughs> or Governor Abbott, that would be a good idea, yeah. Either one? Yeah. Okay. So why, it, why does the Mexican president not want a wall, by the way? Because he, because he doesn't want any people unimpeded from getting into the United States. And why would that bother Because he him? doesn't want them to stay in Mexico. Because he'd have to, his government would have to take care to the degree that they do, which isn't much to take care of them, ship them to the United States where people can skim off the welfare system. So he wants less people in his country. Right. That's an interesting... No, 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 no. Less of those. Oh, I see. Those. Those. Those people. Those people. Okay. Have you ever wanted to send your kid to Harvard? Hey, Jen, let me ask you a question. You 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 graduated probably you know uh, sooner or or within a few years than most of us have. Um, like ten years. Isn't That's that crazy? enough. That's enough. I went to the Harvard of Long Island. Okay. 
What the hell is that? Hofstra University. It's the Harvard <laughs> of Long Island. <laughs> they call Hofstra the Harvard of Long Island. Oh, that's a good. That's rich. They both start with H. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Jen. Would are you interested? Suppose you were interested in going back to school, and somebody gave you. Uh, they said to you, you could go to uh, Harvard Medical School. Would you think that that would be like first rate? Oh wow! I would. I would. I'm getting into Harvard Medical School. I think when people look at your resume, they're, they're maybe more willing to hire you over someone that went to, you know, a school that's number fifty. You know, if they saw uh-huh. Harvard, I would. I would suit that. I would find that resume out. And probably interview that person before I interviewed someone that went to a state school. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Know, How about you, Jason? What do you think? If you if you had a choice between the Harvard of Long Island, Hofstra, and sending your kid to Harvard Medical School, let's say you had a kid, or let's say you have like six or seven kids out there, Jason, or ten. Uh, Jason, where would you, uh, where do you think that you would send your kids to go to school? Would you send them to Harvard Medical? Yeah, Harvard Medical sounds pretty good to me. Mm-hmm. That, that's, I mean, come on, that's impressive. You walk in somewhere and say, I went to Harvard Medical. I mean, I, I, I think you'd probably get the job right away. Uh-huh, you do. Okay. Mm-hmm. You don't? All right, I just want you to remember that was your answer. Jen, I want you to remember that was your answer. <laughs> I, I want you to remember what you said about how prestigious and, and great and wonderful Harvard University is. Medical school. As I go through this next little item, and this item can be found, by the way, at American, uh, American Wire News today, it can also be found at the Daily BS, which is my website, which is uh, growing by leaps and bounds, and it can be found in the Daily Mail as well. Medical students are being taught how to care for infant patients who identify as LGBTQIA+, according to new publicity from the course. So students at Harvard Medical School are being trained, part of their training now, is to work with infant, infant patients, infant patients who identify as LGBTQIA+. And so now I have a question to those of you who thought that sending your kid to Harvard, they'd get the very best education known to man. Jen, let's start with you. Would you please tell me and tell the WABC widespread audience in all of the states that we are in, and which are many, and all of the streams that we go to, would you please tell us and tell us all how an infant identifies an infant, a newborn, an infant, how they identify as LGBTQIA+. This is, I'm, I'm lost for words. I don't know. <laughs> Jason. Their, their parents decided. No, no, that's no. not what it says. It says <laughs> well, that's what medical I think. students are being taught how to care for infant patients, not the parents of infant patients. It says they are being taught how to care for infant patients. I'm very who confused. Ide- 
Someone... who identify <laughs> as LGBTQIA+. Jason, please explain to us, you know, us old people, us people that used to believe there was such thing as men and women, us people who don't know about all these many 99 types of genders that are out here now, explain to us well, your generation. Well, I have a and, theory, and maybe this is like one of those toys where the spinner goes around and it lands yeah, on a cat okay. or a sheep. Mm-hmm. So I might say, "Oh, it lands on you're a, you're a man," or it lands on a woman. So you know, I don't, I haven't been in in a toy store in quite some time. So for all you know, these are these are the new things that are available for for the young generation. You think that makes sense? What you just said, I don't even understand. <laughs> so, so they hit the little spinner, and it says, "Oh, this no, is no, a man." No, no, the this infants is- can't hit the little spinner because the infants don't have hand coordination. coordination. They're infants. I think I know. They know how to cry. They know how to poop. They know how to eat. They know how to wet their diapers. They know how to look up at you and like, and you don't even know what they're thinking because they can't talk. They can't say anything yet. They're infants. They are little blobs of human beings that are not yet developed. I think if they gravitate towards the color pink, they might be identify as a girl. And if they gravitate toward the color blue, they identify as a boy. If they gravitate towards any other color, they're still deciding. And you're going to you're going to stick with that answer, Jen. I think it makes the most sense right now. And that's transphobic. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, I want you to take a stab at this. I don't have a stab. I, I wasn't going to say I wanted to send him to Harvard. You didn't ask me. Uh, but I want you to take a stab. How do infants identify? How does an infant, ladies and gentlemen in the audience, please help the host here. <laughs> because the host is totally, I have to admit, I hate coming before you clueless. Today I am clueless. I don't, there's Curtis. Let me ask Curtis. Where's Curtis? Curtis, come, Curtis, please. I, Curtis Sliwa, I need your help. You know, this is just, it, it's, I need your help, ladies and gentlemen. If you know the answer to this question, please give us a call and tell us how this is at Harvard. This isn't at your run of the mill. This is not at the CUNY system. This isn't even at that wacko system in California. Curtis Lewa may have the answer. He knows a lot about a lot, except music. Curtis. Yes, yes. There's a study, to, there's a story today that Harvard Medical School, and I'm going to read you from the story, exactly verbatim from the story, and I want you to please weigh in and help us here. There's a story today, and, and you should know the answer to this because you have sired children. Oh. There are children running around here with the Sliwa name from your loins, okay? One said I know, and one said I don't know. Oh, boy. <laughs> Medical students, these are Harvard medical students. Medical students are being taught how to care for infant patients who identify as LBGTQIA+, according to a publicly available course description. Now, I would like to know, Curtis, how an infant you have held infants. Yes. You have sired infants. Yes, I changed the dirty water diapers. How do they identify? How does an infant identify as an LBGTQIA plus person? Well, let me quantify this. I am a high school dropout, so um, <laughs> I will. 
I will give you my high school dropout opinion. It's exposure to Teletubbies. I warned you years ago when you, we let our children watch Teletubbies, this what happened. And Barney, I will kill Barney. I love you. You love me. You see, this is what it led to. I actually had a 44 Magnum one time. I'm watching Barney with my sons, and I just wanted to shoot Barney right in the head. <laughs> this is what happens. I'm t- Teletubbies first, then Barney. Didn't I warn you? Didn't I warn you both snarly years ago? Said, well, he's a high school dropout. What does he know? He's not answering the question. He's straying away no, no, from the that's, question. That's how the indoctrination takes place. What is the music that the child first lives uh, hears? I love you. You love me. <laughs> What's wrong with that? It's about love. That's, it's all about that's love. That's where it starts. That's right. You start self-loving, and then you forget who you are. You see, this, this goes deep. This goes. You see, you don't understand. Let me, let me, let me, let me try to put my head around this for you, Bo Snurley, because you okay. seen first you have Freud doing cocaine. Everybody wanted to follow a cokehead, right? And then you had a man who taught us all the problem that young boys have in growing up, Doctor Spock. That we didn't learn how to use the porcelain palace. Remember? It I all remember. starts at the porcelain palace. Now, both these guys were freaking wrong. Right, Dr. Freud, a cokehead, and peace, love, and happiness. I'm against all war. Dr. Spock, your problem as a young man starts because you don't know how to poop in the porcelain palace. Right? Anyone normally in the streets would say, you're crazy. But naturally, Harvard and Harvard graduates and PhD says, amazing, brilliant. I'll give them scientific awards. Am I right or wrong? You're right, Curtis. See, it all starts. You trace it back. known. To Freud using coke and Dr. Spock saying that boys, if they don't learn how to poop right in the porcelain palace, will end up doing triple life without parole. Yes. And now we have infants identifying as LBGTQIA+. I'm telling you, when I I protested Teletubbies, you called me homophobic. It traces to Teletubbies and Barney. Thank you, Curtis. Thank we you. See, I knew I could cut it right down the to the, the rest of them. They all avoided it. I went right to the heart of it. You. I felt like my answer was kind of logical. Yeah, and I thank you for that too. We're coming right back, ladies and gentlemen. Post early is post early rush hour. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, with you here on 77 WABC, Talk Radio 77 WABC. And listen, folks, we've got in a few minutes, we've got coming up the president of the Heritage Foundation. And I call it the New Heritage Foundation because they are doing some amazing work. They are actually not the same old heritage that did the white papers and that's all you get. They are doing work that you, people like you and me, us conservatives here, really appreciate. And we're going we're gonna to find out from Dr. Roberts what his view is on some of 
the new changes that have happened in the House of Representatives and whether he's expecting big things or whether we should all just do a, you know, ho-hum. So those are among the things. Let's head to the telephones, shall we? Some people want to weigh in on our first story, uh, for, well, one of the stories we covered in the monologue, Harvard University medical students are now learning how to treat infants, infants who identify as LBGTQIA, and I don't understand how in the world an infant can do that. Martin in Colorado, what is your thought? Yeah, hi, Bo. So this has been coming on for a long time where you have all these punk losers getting college degrees in stupid things like, you know, humanity, and then Mm -hmm. they get in charge of pedagogy, and then, you know, you got that. The next thing you got that dopey trans secretary. So this is where we're at. So blame the universities. That's where the poison gets distilled. Wow. Okay. And I don't, do you expect this is going to spread, or do you think at some point someone is going to wake up and the adults are going to take charge again and say, look, it is impossible for an infant to identify as anything. They don't even know that they're infants yet. They don't know what they are. Or do you think this kind of insanity is going to continue to spread throughout our society? I think when society decays and, you know, marriages decay, then the kids are going to pay for it. So, you know, if the kids are not on fentanyl, well, what this is even probably worse. You know, like it's obviously castrating a child is, you know, abuse. So, yeah, these people need to, but the pharmaceutical companies are predators. So that's, what are you going to do? You know, the medical lobby predators. Margaret in Ardsley, New York. Thank you for the call, Martin. Margaret. How are you? Welcome. You're on Boston Early's Rush Hour. Hi, Bo. Happy New Year to you. And Happy New Year um, to you. Thank you very much. I'm thinking that they're probably trying to, uh, Harvard University is probably trying to justify their surgery and the fact ah. that they're doing surgery on, on um, minors. Because, listen, a, an infant is zero to 12 months. Right. You know, so we don't at this time, have any way of communicating with an infant. Even if that infant grows up to be a person who does have a different gender identity than what they were born with, we can't communicate with them at this age. Exactly. Other things going on, and I think any medical student who has to comply with this to get their education in Harvard has to uh, probably do it tongue-in-cheek. I can't imagine anybody believing you know, I guess there are people who are going to believe it, but I can't imagine why. Somebody at Harvard must believe it, and they must have figured out a way that they think they know how infants identify. This is, to me, this is mind-blowing. If this were, yeah. this sounds like something that a few years ago would have come out of the onion. It sounds like something today that would come out of the Babylon Bee. But no, it's coming out of Harvard University, what is, which is supposed to be the most prestigious, esteemed university in our nation. This is, well, well it is what it is. The money. Thank you for the call, Margaret. Appreciate and lovely hearing from you. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, coming back. More of your calls coming up. We're also going to speak with Dr. Kevin Roberts from, uh, from the Heritage Foundation, president of Heritage, when we get back. Don't go away. You've been here through thick and thin. And for that little girl, love. 
The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, actually, it's not. But it is Cheryl Crow on WABC Talk Radio 77, New York. This was Cheryl Crow's mega hit that pulled her to the top of the charts. Right now, ladies and gentlemen, we are so privileged to have with us Dr. Kevin Roberts, president of the Heritage Foundation. As I continue to call it, it is the new heritage. This heritage is not the Heritage Foundation. Those of you who grew up in politics, remember, they are active. They are taking the lead on many issues. Dr. Roberts, welcome back. How are you? My friend James, Happy New Year. And we remain as much on offense this day as we have been over the last year. So thanks for being part of it. I am I am determined to be part of it. I am excited for Heritage I'm excited for all of the things that you are doing there. It is, to me, this is the best news that I had last year was actually having a chance, political news, to sit down and talk with you, members of your staff, and you guys are actually taking the lead in bringing back a voice to conservatives, the grassroots conservatives, and we so desperately need it. The new house, go ahead. No, sorry. I, we, we are kind to say that, and, and I just want to say that the what we're doing is taking the everyday American's voice and amplifying it in Washington, D.C., so much so, just to tell a quick but important story. Last week during the speaker debate, obviously differences of opinion on the right about that. Like my friend Chip Roy and Scott Perry, it was for us not about Kevin McCarthy. It was all about opening up that chamber so we would get really good conservative policy. And a number of members of Congress called me or texted me and said, Kevin, I can't believe Heritage is doing this. This is fantastic because what you're going to do is be part of a major transformation of how the House operates. And it's so gratifying a week or less than a week into that agreement, James, to see the conservative policy ideas coming out of the House. That's the fruit of Heritage being on offense. Not that we deserve the majority of credit for that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that we were we played an important role on the outside in helping to make that happen. And the result is we're going to get better policy coming out of that chamber. And that's what I was saying last week to all the detractors. Look, in fact, I had Andy Biggs on yesterday. One of the things I told him was that I was proud of him. He said that he did not want Kevin McCarthy to be the Speaker of the House before this began. And what I said to him yesterday is that you have a different Kevin McCarthy now than the one that was poised to be Speaker of the House because of this debate. We now have a chamber where, for the first time in recent memory, people of both parties will be able to offer amendments, and that is closer to the vision that our founders had for what Congress was supposed to be, the House of Representatives was supposed to be. And this is no small thing. Now, I see already there is fear, widespread fear, throughout the mainstream media outlets. For instance, New York Times, the U.S. may finally breach the debt ceiling. Here's why that would be very bad. So what they're claiming is that if if Republicans in the House actually demand 
using this debt limit argument that we that comes up every year, that we actually enact some spending cuts, that we actually scale back on this profligate spending that has driven up inflation, that somehow or another that is bad for the country. And this is not, it's not just the New York Times. It was a similar article uh, while the debate was going on that this may encourage these renegade Republicans to actually uh, uh, try to demand a clean debt ceiling. What is your take on all of this? I think we need to use that as an opportunity to cut spending. And and I say that not wanting the United States to default on its debt, to create some financial crisis, but in recognizing that the arguments that those things will happen are swamp speak for preventing doing the people's business. And the people's business is using every opportunity we have, whether it's a speaker vote or a debt ceiling vote or a committee hearing, to say we simply cannot continue to spend the way we've been spending. This is a very common sense idea in in my mind, James. I'm sure it's the same in your household as it is in mine, as it is in every member of your audiences. And that is, if we had something change in our revenue, if something changed in our job, we had our pay cut, or God forbid we lost our job, we immediately start cutting back on our spending. The right. fact that Congress finds it revolutionary to budget the same way tells you everything you need to know. I mean, these, these guys are captured by the K Street lobbyists, who, by the way, never have to worry about their income going down. That's one of the things we're trying to fix at Heritage. But the point is we need to use it. There's a way to do so that is willing to play the game of chicken without being irresponsible. And Heritage is not only going to be there with them every step of the way, but our budget scholars, our experts who've helped write budgets, the federal budget before, are providing the specific ways that we can cut spending and prolong running up against that debt ceiling. You mentioned, and, I'm, and I don't want to gloss over that, you, you, as a quick aside, you mentioned uh, that you're going to try to loosen the stranglehold that the lobbyists have over Congress. Tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not invited to any of their cocktail parties, which for my board, for my board is a metric of success for me. <laughs> you know, our, our board chair, said when, when she was offering me the job a little over a year ago, she said, Kevin, we want you to take this job and flourish, but don't you ever become a swamp preacher. And I said, I'd have two problems. I wouldn't have a job and my wife would leave me because she doesn't want to be married to one. And so I relish the opportunity, given the credibility and influence that Heritage has in this town, to diminish the number of lobbyists who are working on the other side. Now, look, you and I both know, your audience knows, that's a long-term objective. So let me be specific about what we're focused on. There are lobbyists in this town who make seven figures a year lobbying for the Chinese Communist Party and their related interests. Heritage is helping to draft bills to eliminate that practice. And so I hope – I wish those people no harm, obviously. Hopefully they they start lobbying for good reasons. But that's the kind of nonsense that goes on. And by the way, there are Republicans who are financially conflicted with the CCP as well – Heritage has the receipts, as my younger colleagues like to say, and we got the courage to show them this year. And I wish this is a really important uh, agenda item that you're doing. Please tell us some of the other things that you foresee. Let me give you one that that I think shows where the disconnect between Washington, D.C., and the American public. Earlier this week, uh, Richard Trumka, former union guy, 
who's now with um with one of the protection agencies was very pleased to announce that they're looking at cutting back gas stoves that they don't Americans gas stoves are hurting the environment and they he's saying you know if we can't if we can't show that it doesn't hurt the environment we we should ban it and immediately there was an outcry throughout everyday America you you will not ban my gas stove now they're backing off it publicly a little bit but what he's now saying is well we're we're only talking about regulations for new things so i guess if you have a gas stove now you might be grandfathered in if these if if these folks at the agency think that's okay but it, you dare not buy a new gas stove if they get their way that to me is an indication of how out of control and out of touch these people are and something this is an outcry that needs to be addressed. What are some of the other agenda items that you're looking at? Well, let me just say that you're totally right about the gas stove issue and and think about you know, my pet peeve, which is when I go to the hardware store and get light bulbs. You and I are both old enough to know you used to be able to get a light bulb for 25 cents, but President Obama had in his mind that he he wanted light bulbs that were better for the environment and so so now they cost nine or ten dollars and don't last that much longer than the the old incandescents and that's that's all you need to know about the radical left they want to tell us how to run our lives and 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 also make it more expensive and so every aspect to your question james of the heritage policy priorities is about restoring freedom and self-governance after the point I mentioned about China, and we're going to fight the gas stove issue if it becomes a reality, we're also zealously focused on the budget, as I mentioned. But probably the most aspirational thing that we're working on is education. Not only does every dollar allocated to education need to follow every child. In other words, we need to have universal school choice. Heritage has the line-by-line plan that will eliminate the U.S. Department of Education by the end of this decade. If, as I told some members of the House today, they pass a bill that does that, we know that it's likely to die in the Senate. We know that even if it passed the Senate, the president would veto it. But what that does is tell the American people, this is the kind of thing we're going to do and the reasons why, if you put us in power with a really significant majority. Education, as we know, has has been the, the industry that the radical left has used frankly, not only to educate our kids well, but also to indoctrinate them into all of their ridiculous thinking. Therefore, for heritage, it's our top priority. In addition to that, just to sum up here, and it's related to your gas stove issue and my light bulb comment, the left has also been zealously focused on on changing American energy independence. We have to pass bills in Congress, and as heritage is working on in state legislatures, to eliminate the nefarious practice of so-called ESG investing, environmental social governance, because it's just another way of saying we're going to invest your money in radical leftist agendas, and it's also going to be harder for you to keep the lights on. This is an ambitious agenda. We are going to follow you and be with you every step of the way. Where can people come, everyday Americans who want to join the fight with Heritage? How do they get a hold of you? What do they do? I'll give you two websites. The first is heritage.org, heritage.org. That's where you can find all of our research and sort of what's going on in D.C. and state capitals. But for people who really want to take the additional step and say, I want to volunteer for something great, 
we have an organization, a sister organization called Heritage Action for America, and that it, it's uh, heritageaction.com. People can go there. They can sign up. That's where they can they can get talking points to call their legislators. They can even volunteer to become one of our thousands of sentinels around the country who are sort of our spokesmen as volunteers around the country. We would love to see more of them. Dr. Kevin Roberts, thank you. We look forward to hearing from you in a few weeks. We're going to stay abreast with you every step of the way. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, James. Take care. WABC Talk Radio 77, Boston Early's Rush Hour, coming back right after this. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. WABC Talk Radio 77 Cats Tonight up next here on WABC. And we do need higher love. We just need love, folks. There are some disturbing stories uh, I came across today. Time is short, so I'm going to give you the shorthand version of them. Uh, that that host that's on MSNBC, and I don't, I try not to talk about her that often because, frankly, uh, Joy Reid, uh, Byron Donalds went on her show, congressman from Florida, who, of course, was nominated for Speaker of the House. He was nominated. Joy tried to, Joy Reid tried to humiliate him. The story is in BizPack Today Review, uh, bizpackreview.com today. She tries to humiliate black Republican, asking if he was only nominated as a diversity statement. That is what she asked him. Now, Joy Reid sits at NBC. I first became aware of her. She came from some uh, website to Griot, which is, you know, it's, uh, and I don't want to cast any aspersions on it. Once in a while, I find a decent article on there, by the way. But she was a uh, guest with Tamron Hall back when Tamron was lighting it up over at MSNBC before it took the radical turn that it did. And the next thing you know, she's got a show. Anybody could easily ask her, well, Joy, are you a diversity statement? Because you certainly don't have a tremendous background as a broadcaster, as a journalist. And the way that she comes after people based on race, it wonders who the management at, at NBC is that allows her hateful attacks to continue almost every time there's any black conservative one it's it, and, and even when they're not, it's just a form of attack, and it's outrageous the way that she uses race on that statement. Now, Byron Donald's wife has come under attack, too. That story is at Fox News. Racist attacks. Uh, Erica Donald's, and I know Erica, and I know Byron. Erica is just such a wonderful person. She's devoted her life 
very heavily involved in education and making sure that kids of all races, all children, can receive a quality education. The haters took after her, her over her race because she's white and, and, and she's married to Byron. And she just said that she and Byron had been together for 23-plus years, the most racist attacks we experience are always from the left, and they have. They've been trolling her for being white and married to a black man. This is stuff out of the Democrats' past back in their Jim Crow days, but you see, they don't really change that much, the left. And then there was an attack on Justice Scalia, who has, as you know, gone on to his award some year, reward some years ago. And there was an Emory professor that basically, a black Emory professor that said that Justice Scalia, Scalia was pretty much a Klansman. This is outrageous. These are people that are supposed to be in the forefront of having respect. These so-called journalists and professors. And all you get is vitriol and hate. Now, yesterday I read a column from Benjamin Chavis who's saying that we need less vitriol in our politics. We need to have be able to have discussions without all the hate and the vitriol. And I agree with him 100%. My question Benjamin, is when are you going to take this message to your fellow liberal and Democrats? We need a higher love, and we need to stop these vicious attacks on people based on nothing more than skin color It is or racial parameters. It is ridiculous. Time's up for me. That's it for today. We'll be back tomorrow. Looking forward to having you here for Boston Early's Rush Hour. And remember, on Saturdays, we begin at 7 in the morning. We have a twice-a-day news blast, the dailybs.com. You can go check it out and sign up for it. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you and your families. We all need that, too. God's blessings. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great evening. Bye. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.